This week, Kevin Turnham from 98 Gym. You may know him from Instagram at Strength Elite. Kev's a strength and conditioning coach with 10 years experience with athletes, soldiers, and coaches alike. You might have heard the word soldier there. The man used to train the SASR. Let's rip in. Welcome to the Body Science Podcast, bringing you everything you need, want, and should know about health, fitness, nutrition, and training. As always, the information contained in this podcast is for the information purposes only and is not designed to diagnose or be prescriptive to treat, prevent, or manage any injury, disease, or other health-related condition. Today's podcast is brought to you by Whey Ultra, a 100% whey advanced performance protein designed for results. The ultimate in post-workout nutrition, Whey Ultra boasts a four-times whey protein matrix of peptides, isolates and concentrate, is loaded with BCAs and EAAs and is rapidly absorbed for maximum recovery and lean muscle growth. It's enhanced with prebiotics, probiotics and five digestive enzymes, plus is free from soy, gluten, added sugar, artificial flavours and sweeteners and every batch is banned substance tested. Everything your body needs for recovery, nothing you don't. Welcome to the home of fit, happy and healthy. With me, Kevin Turner from 98 Gym. How are you, mate? I'm good, thanks, mate. How are you? Good. Had a lot of people ask me a lot of questions about you, and I'm not, I'm not his <laughs> fucking manager. How would I know? But we can probably have a chat one day and see what he's been up to. So, mate... Um, well, you've pulled me off my holiday, so I Yeah, sorry you, about that. Um, Byron's not that good anyway, is it? It wasn't, no. I just recharged my crystals by the moonlight and uh, <laughs> cleaned my chakra, did a bit of praying, and uh, here I am. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, feel well, much better. Hopefully, you found a few places to find a nice cold beer down there. I did. I uh, actually... Hit up stone and wood pretty hard on the Saturday night. Yeah. Ate I think we've all hit up stone and wood pretty hard in our life <laughs> yeah. at some stage. I am looking for a beer sponsor. <laughs> and, uh... <laughs> That'd be a good one to get. Yeah. Keep it local. Mate, you're a strength and conditioning coach and you've got, you work with some really cool athletes and we'll touch on them soon. Yeah. But I want to dig really deep right now into your military background. Like you've come from a different aspect of training to what your typical S&C guy does. Yeah. I mean, I, I was I was pretty lucky. I, I spent uh, almost 20 years uh, in the army. First uh, 10 or so was um, within the infantry units. So I was uh, the third battalion, which is uh, was a parachute battalion. Uh, I spent time uh, in the reconnaissance and in, uh, I was at sniper as well and then from there i moved into um sort of high performance type of things i went over to uh, sasr which is a special air service regiment in perth uh, and they've got a, a high performance program over there so that, that program basically is uh, a, a template that you'd see in a sporting club mm-hmm. however uh, with a much different type of athlete i guess we call it and I, in, I never used to like and i still don't like calling soldiers or or you know the tactical population athletes because they're, they're not they're, it's a it's so much harder than, than just calling them an athlete, but that's I guess that's the easiest term. So we had a, um, for lack of a, a better term, a, a tactical athlete program put in place. A big reason for that too was um, we looked uh, like a bunch of sister units uh, from the states. They sort of forward planned, uh, and what they found was that in about a decade or so, this is about about ten years ago, they found that with the injury rates and everything else going on within their unit, that they wouldn't have enough people to to actually man their own unit. Oh, is that right? Uh, Due to injuries and everything else that was going on, uh, so usually what happens is that uh, you, you come into a unit, a tier one unit like SASR, at the peak of your fitness, at the peak of, uh, of, of I guess your your physical uh, being, and then due to the selection process, I mean it's the toughest one in the world, physically tough, and then there's a, a decline in your physicality, and then there but there's an increase in your you know, your cognitive enhancement and everything else in there. So we had like we would in, you know we would grow them the person. Uh, in terms of you know, their intellectual 
uh, ability and everything else. However, physically, they'd be on the decline. And what we needed to do was try and fix that up. Now, it's not like we can help some of the things that happen to these guys and girls because of the nature of the job. It's basically you're trying to plug holes where you can. Yep. So we looked at everything from pre selection and the selection is the three-week course that these guys and girls have to is it like the ones we see on tv oh no drop donations carrying no logs. no there's no. there's a big difference to be honest between a, a a tier one unit like sasr or the other tier one units around the world they're looking for a different type of individual mm-hmm. and we always uh you, you probably heard it uh maybe before but it, uh, a lot of it's got to do with silent running so there's no negative or, or positive feedback on that on that uh, selection course, which in this day and age, and, and you know, I guess for you know, many decades, is uh, is quite tough for a person who isn't intrinsically motivated. So someone who hasn't got the motivation from within, but draws it from an external source. So if I told you, you know, if I was yelling at you like you can't do this, you don't belong here, blah blah blah, that's a form of motivation. Be it negative, however, if you're a type of person that draws on that, you that can push you further however for three weeks if i gave you no feedback about whether you did really well or really really bad that usually affects people a whole lot worse yeah that so would. They, yeah so they don't know how they're going and lots of people need to know how they're going you know they need a pat on the back even if it's negative you need to push harder or you, you know you're doing really well we give none of that whatsoever so i've seen you standing in the gym during a session and mm. you, you've got the stance like i'll give i'll give you the credit on that one how do you what do you call that you call that silent uh, silent running. Silent running. Yeah. So how do you not give away how you think somebody's going during a uh, selection process? Well, it's fairly easy because what, what I mean, you, your, job, your job there is, um, <laughs> yeah, sunnies. Um, <laughs> no, your job there is, is, is uh, I always just think about it like uh, what I'm doing here is I'm trying to select the best individual or help select the best individual for the guys who are already there. So your job is, you know, you're trying to take care of your mates. So you want to, and you also want to make sure that the guy and the guys you're looking at are the best fit because you know that's you're, you're going to place these people next to your mates yep. in, in you know in a future time so also you know it's one of the best organizations to ever be a part of because it's uh everyone is self-reliant so they they all take ownership of themselves mm-hmm. there's no you know well, there's not a lot of you know like woe is me or like oh you know this is not my fault it's his fault or whatever yeah, everyone's self-aware and the onus is always on the individual and the onus should be on the individual because he or she would want to make themselves better because of the team Okay. Yeah, and that's what you want. And that that's the difference between that. And physically that selection course is brutal. Mentally it's brutal. And And you said three weeks. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and is this a group of people that have never been together all come in for Yeah, so they're all, all from different parts of the Defence Force. Yeah. Army, Navy, Air Force, and they all come on do the same thing. And nothing is hidden from these guys and girls. That's not the thing. It's not like a surprise what happens. The surprise is exactly how hard it is. Now, if you I always used to say that if you don't have a really good reason for being there, then something's going to happen. You're probably not going to last yeah. because it's very, very tough on you. Um, so you re- need to want that a lot. So not, why would someone want to do that? Well, it's just like, you know, why does someone want to play elite level? sport because they want to be the best at what they do these people in the in the top three percent of the population in the world you get to do stuff and see stuff that no one else ever will Uh, you get to test yourself physically mentally and you get to put yourself in a position where uh you know you're probably not going to feel that way doing anything else i'm not i used to easy way for me to explain it i think is i got to hang out with my mates for 20 years Mm -hmm. got to shoot some guns got to blow some stuff up and or with my mates you know so that's that that stuff is it's good and you're actually serving something bigger than yourself yeah to me that's a big big like my purpose was you know for my mates and for my country and that's you know I think without purpose. When you joined the army, yeah. you joined the army? Mm-hmm. Yeah. When you joined the army, did you ever think you'd end up running him performance for 
No, no, SASR. I had like I had no idea. I literally joined because I didn't like tertiary education. Yep. Yeah, it didn't uh, didn't sit well with me. Uh, wasn't good enough to go any further with rugby union. Yeah, that was it. I just I, I actually was. Uh, someone asked me the other day about why, and I was actually I had a, a, a real fear when I was young that I was mm, I didn't know how to be a man in terms of how how would I call myself a man if I've never been tested. Okay. And I just thought the army was probably the, a good place to start. You know, so I've never been never thought I was physically tested, and never thought I was like really emotionally or mentally tested. So I thought, you know, if I want to call myself a man. And belong a society where where that's you know that's where my place needs to be i need to to go and try find and whether or not i am did you have a mentor around you or a family member that had been um, in the army to give you no, that? No, my, my dad was in the Navy for a little while, you know, so that's nice. Um, you know, we always used to joke about, um, you know, it was really army nice. Army, Navy? Yeah. Well, yeah, they, you know, wherever we used to go there's to no fight. There's no clashes there at all, No, well, there's not. Well, you know, we're, we're a better service. He doesn't listen to podcasts, so it's fine. Um, no, but he, he was, like, he was huge. I mean, he, he basically um, was responsible for, you know, for, like, who I am today and taught me how to, how to walk in a crowd, taught me how to hold my shoulders up they taught me how to look people in the eye i trained every day i like i had the choice every morning i could either swim or i could run that was my choice he, he got me into martial arts you know and then pushed me towards service only because he said it was like one of the best things he ever did and it was, it was right it, it fit me really well but the human performance stuff really um i thought is very important because it doesn't matter what type of hardware you have the human's always important like it doesn't matter if you've got the best body armor the best weapons the best boots if the person wearing it isn't good then the job never gets done yep yeah so when you start in the human performance side mm. was there obviously the army would have a human performance section like how technical was it from when you started to when you oh, we, we, you we, left? we, we, like, we started was it. it a rapidly moving yeah and and because of uh, the special operations command uh, we had a lot more scope and a lot more money to play with yep uh, which was very very lucky and they also gave us like it, it was a it was a critical part at that point because we were really looking at humans and hardware and what are we going to do to make sure that we can increase the effectiveness and the, the combat effectiveness of, of each unit. So that was very important. And what we did is to go out and we we're like, look, let's go and see how the best do it in the world and then come back, formulate a plan. And like anyone who's ever been in a human performance program or, you know, any type of high performance program, it's 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 hit and miss. You know, we made a lot of mistakes at the start. I also was very, very fortunate to have a population that was mentally and physically strong yeah. like i didn't have to worry about the fact that these guys were going to not go hard enough the, our problem was they always went way too hard yep you know and then you've got the the side of it where you've got to analyze you know a whole bunch of data points or a whole bunch of things first and then decide which one's more important because it's not like an athlete where you can say hey eat here play here sleep there and then train here and then that template runs across the board for all year like we had no idea day in day out what was going on yep. and we and you still don't like you could be promised at work that you'll be here for the next three weeks and then the next day you could be away for four months that's yep. just the way it is which makes it a very dynamic working environment plus you have to be very very knowledgeable because you've got goals you're dealing with that want to know why and if you can't explain why then they like you lose your status or you lose their respect which is very important so we had to be well versed and we needed to make sure that whatever we did gave the best possible outcome you know look you look at lack of sleep well we know that you know these type of units have poor sleep because they 
operate a lot of the time at night it's you know it's, it's this the way of the job so we need to come up with ways to improve sleep performance like by napping and by putting little things in place about like little sleep sleep diaries wearables that can track that sort of stuff so you're not going to like improve someone's sleep by telling them not to work you're just saying hey these strategies may help you get a little yep. bit more which then helps your performance and helps your cognitive ability and all the way down the line you know things like what helps a guy get fitter faster and stronger what's the easiest way to do it with the, the least amount of you know buy-in and with the least amount sorry they're not the buy-in the least amount of work on his or her part because it's all everything's time sensitive as well the biggest thing as well is to make it like you had to get guys to report injuries as well. You got guys who never wanted to stop going away and never wanting to stop going overseas. So you had to make it, you know, a fairly safe place to say, look, you don't have to stop playing. We just have to manage it a little bit more. And it was also uh, like this type of work hadn't been done before, really. You know, so we're looking at trying to figure out what things work really well from a, a sport background that we can place on top of this that may work and may not work. And, you know, we have to bury our heads within the science, but also the practical part of things as well. We changed the nutrition around in the mess. We changed the, the timings of the food. We changed as much as we could to make sure that these guys knew exactly like the, it was the best possible outcome they could get with what we had at the same time. So they lived a different life to the traditional... Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, because everything's very, uh, it's a very dynamic. It's like, it, it's chaotic, but a, but a good chaos. You know, it's not um, things that uh, tend to not make a big difference to the overall outcome of something tend to get washed away. So, you, you know, it's like grooming standards aren't a big deal. You know, as long as you do your job, no one really cares. As long as you, you know, you, you wear pants to work, everyone's fairly happy. No yep. one cares what color. Those sort of things, you know, yeah. where the traditional defense force is very stickler for the rules. And that's fair because the guys uh, that like I got to deal with had come through, a, a, you know, a, a quite a hard selection. So we knew that we didn't have to worry about that sort of stuff like lots of things aren't important because they didn't do anything to the bottom line so why do we worry about it and also you can just tell these guys what to do and as long as it made sense to them they understood they would go and do it we didn't have to babysit them at all because you're telling them hey this will make you better shooting this will make you faster this will make you run quicker from cover to cover less likely to get a shot and that's fine they'll go do that sort of stuff yeah okay and even better like it didn't it wasn't you know anything to do with their aesthetics or anything like that it was like hey this will make you more effective member of the the team so the buy-in straight there we did a lot of like a lot of work with scientists as well so I, I mean i got to put my i guess i got to place myself into a whole bunch of different programs and in terms of australian sport and everyone opened their doors which is really nice because we weren't a, a rival team or we weren't going to steal something yeah, exactly of their you know their secret sport or whatever it's going to be everyone opened their doors so we got to work with afl we got to work with aru with the nrl with cricket australia with like hockey australia everyone yep yeah and then myself and uh a couple others we were on the board of the tactical strength and conditioning association and that was all to do with the police military fireys uh and the ambulance guys as well yeah because it's shift work it's like it's it's constantly evolving type of work and the you know i guess they're they're working in in a uh i get a hectic combat environment as well but you know just different combat Mm. yeah crazy crazy so mate you're you're renowned for my beard (laughs) (laughs) uh yeah (laughs) yeah must be a lot of protein going in there there is (laughs) with your a lot of your programming you're doing at 98 gym these days you guys are really after the pursuit of excellence Mm. you know when, when you walk in the gym and i've said this a thousand times 
and I've taken a lot of people in there. They just go, and I took Joel in there the other day. He just walked out and goes, oh, man, I know what you're talking about. When I walked in there, I felt it. Yeah. So how much of your military background do you believe that 98 has in its DNA? Um, well, the programming that, that, that's there is pretty much a, like a, a template from how, what I used to run uh, at SASR. Mm-hmm. We do three strength days. We do a, a, like a, a dedicated uh, energy system day and by that I mean anaerobic or aerobic work on the ergs like the, the bike erg or the ski or the rower or the assault bike and then on the Mondays we do an interval weight session it's strength power conditioning and that's it there's no there's no secret source there's nothing that I do in there that isn't you know isn't done I, I guess in other places apart from the fact that all we want is is hard work and that's the way I program it we're also got you know excellent coaches that deliver the program really well that makes a huge difference and we've got members that want to get better and they want to get fitter and faster but the way I, I designed the program is is basically templated from mm-hmm. what we used to do in the military and it's the same way that you know you ask Chris almost exactly the same way he used to train when he was playing football you could look into most teams it's almost the same as well. You know, you know, bits and pieces are going to change because their games may change a little bit different, but we always call our Saturday our game day um, because they're like the members do their big session then. But the, the programming is, you know, all I'm looking at is, is I look at the testing that we do every three or four months and then from the testing results from uh, our online members and our members inside the gym, I then move forward and, and work back from those results and and rejig the program and go again and how's your online program going it's uh 98gym.com yeah yeah so yeah. it's the same same uh, area there you just go to a link for the online stuff and the online stuff basically is for the the, the people who can't make it into the gym yeah. uh, so those that live in a you know, you know they might live 20 30k away or they may live in a different country or state uh, and they want we got a lot of people asking early on whether or not we could send the program we could like we're taking screenshots so we just decided to put it all online and and the way i guess the way the gym works and the way the online program works works is the same thing that uh, a good high performance program is based off so you've got your three pillars of success you've got your intellectual engagement um, to help people's cognitive ability grow put articles on there we you know from myself chris harriet um i've got uh, two friends from the military writing as well okay nice. so rusty witt who's the strength conditioning coach for the uh, army college football team in washington um another good friend of mine danny cooper who was my mentor uh, at sasr uh, he writes for us as well he's doing a phd in um in cognitive enhancement in, in athletes wow um, so he writes for us we've got our uh, online library in there and then we want social engagement as well so the social aspect which is we've uh, we've put together a big discussion board and on there I, I, you have to sort of, sort of see it to believe it but it's it's ridiculous so we've got hundreds of people on there daily commenting and they read back and forth different people's results and they're comparing each other they're, there's a lot of banter on there as well which is good yep and then we want our, our, our physical being so we want the program itself so you need to be fitter and faster and stronger and those three pillars are what hold up you as a person so if you underdevelop one or overdevelop one then your structure is going to be a bit unstable and that's when we tend to see uh, something happen to someone so we want social engagement we want intellectual engagement and we want that physical uh, aspect of your life as well and that's why we've designed the online stuff and just talking about the, the pillars and the balance that you're talking about in, in the individual back in your days 
um, with the army, how did you cater to a group of people that would have had strengths in certain areas and not in other areas when it's not really a one-on-one session you guys are pushing, is it? Yeah. I mean, my days back then were the same as they are now. I'd probably start at 4.35 o'clock in the morning yep. and I'd finish at 5.36 o'clock at night and there'd be, there'd be full days. But you're catering towards uh, a different type of like need. So some guys might be prepping towards something. Some guys have, may have come home from something. Some guys might be uh, rehabbing from something as well. So yeah, apart from the base level program, we'd have to go in there and shift things around for each individual as well. We had physios attached to us. We had psychologists attached to us. And the psychologists were uh, performance and psychologists. Mm-hmm. So these guys and girls used to go away and enhance the, what these guys could do mentally and physically. And also, we were looking always at trying to shorten things down. So what's the quickest possible way we can get someone back to peak physical fitness? What's the quickest way we can enhance someone's shooting ability? What's the quickest way we can get someone's heart rate back to zero? Why do certain things happen? And how can we make this better? That was the whole point of the program, to make these guys more effective at their job or whatever they needed to do. So it was, yeah, I mean, it was was one of the best working environments I've ever had. Mm. And that's that's what we want to do at 98, I guess, is surround ourselves with like-minded people that want the same sort of thing. You know, whether or not you're, you know, a someone who works in a in the business sector and you want to you know be, become more successful in that area you still need to be physically fit you still have, have social engagement you still need to be intellectually engaged and you need that intellectual engagement outside of your normal day-to-day stuff you don't want to go home after you know if you're a financial planner and read more stuff on financial planning you need to go away and learn something else that's the way your brain grows that's the way you enhance that ability yeah so the the, the template is basically the same. And, you know... And I know you're talking that template down and it's basically the same, but you're actually getting approached by a lot of gyms to implement 98 programming, aren't you? Yeah, yeah. So we've got uh, got three so far that we've decided we would... Um, we want to partner with and, and allow them to use the program. We've got uh, a list... what are they play. looking for when they come to talk to you? Well, I, I guess most... Gy- like, I mean, as a gym owner, it's a business. Yeah. I mean, lots of people think, like, they, they buy a gym or they're into the gym and then they realise very quickly that it's all about they need to manage the gym and they might have a hundred different personalities in there very quickly you can't do the program you can't be responsible for training your coaches and upskilling that and then really the bottom line is your members so if they're not being delivered a good program and their coaches aren't being upskilled and intellectually engaged and given more training to make sure they're always better as well your business is going to fail yep so basically these guys like glenn and Alyssa in brisbane who, who have project 180 their main focus is their adventure business mm-hmm. you know she wants to go climb more big mountains and glenn runs trekking uh, all over the world and they have the gym there as well and they've got a young coach in there and you know she's new and what she needs is a good like she needs a mentor basically yep. and that's what we've done was come in over the top as or like side by side as, as a basically a mentoring program and and what they get is exactly what we get in the gym and we only partner with people we like yep yeah so it's not like we're going to give it out and franchise it or anything like that. It's it's a case by case basis, and it's again what we you always use. It's got to be a they've got to be good blokes. That's what, what we want. Once in a selection process, always in a selection process. Well, no, that's the way life is, really, isn't it? It is, isn't it? Know? Yeah. And it's not it's not it's not unfair to say that. You know? And how many people would you have had in your him performance division? Oh, when look, we, st- we started with like four or five of us. Yep. Yeah, and we were like a jack of all trades. You know, we're, we're constantly learning, and then. We had we we grew to I think there was about seven of us at one point, and then you had all the allied health around you. Yeah, yeah, and then we'd have to like you know you'd sit in there and you'd be talking to doctors and to surgeons and you'd be talking to like you know generals and everything else. I mean, people were very very interested in what we were doing, and I, I think they still are. 
uh, because you know it's uh, there was also it was around the time when women were getting integrated into combat, uh, and that's you know, that was a a very hot topic politically mm. as well as like we needed to, to it, w- it was going to happen so we needed to find a way for it to work yep uh, and i'm also like i'm a big believer in the fact that that's definitely the case like women can serve in combat roles you just got to find a woman that wants to like the, you like you try to find a guy that wants to yep it's it's you know it's not a case of like physically women can't do it it's the case of like you need someone person who physically and mentally wants to do it mm. Because I've seen some of the girls at 98 Gym Training, mate, and um, <laughs> I've got to be honest, you'd want to be a fairly fit guy to walk in there and want to jump in one of their their yeah, teams. Yeah. On yeah, look, our, our girls are really good. They're really good. And I, I, I've said it so many times, women are easier to train than guys because they've got less ego. Guys tend to try and muscle their way through before they like they come to a realization that maybe like physically they haven't got everything they need so then they have to go back a few steps well women have always they haven't had as much physicality as a male so they've got to focus on the technique they've got to listen a little bit more and they just they they will listen and focus and apply themselves a little bit easier good students yeah they are yeah Yeah. so mate you've you've done the hard yards in the military you've 98 gym is highly successful i mean it's one of one of the places that a lot of people talk to me about personally and Mm. you know people really want to know a lot about what you do what's your purpose like what gets you up in the morning yeah well like i I used to i actually uh, i mean when i was in the military i had purpose Mm. i didn't have to think about it ever because i knew exactly what i was doing i was walking every day and my job was to make sure that everyone else was fitter faster and stronger and we're giving the product that we're delivering was the best one they could yep could we could deliver leaving i uh, i i struggle with um like identifying who i was afterwards mm-hmm. that um, would be it'd be same as for an athlete too wouldn't it same type of thing yeah you just like you lose your uh, support network yeah and we're only talking about it with a friend of mine actually danny the other day about uh, we tend to isolate ourselves once we leave you know because it, uh, you know you you identify yourself as a soldier you identify yourself as like being in the army and that's a really respectable and i you know, i love that job and that to me that was everything and then i had i had real issues even saying that i wasn't in the army i would so i would you know i would try to figure out a way to make sure that come into the conversation because i really didn't have another purpose afterwards and then it was probably it took me a year or two to really understand that my purpose has not really changed other than the fact now that my population that i'm focusing on is a little bit bigger so the purpose now for me is exactly that is to deliver like the same type of program but to like as many people as i can because really i i i would i don't think there's anyone out there that shouldn't be fitter and faster that shouldn't be more socially engaged and aware and then shouldn't be more intellectually engaged and aware you can never have enough of those three things so that's that's my my purpose is to make sure the gym runs really well in terms of the coaches in terms of the program and that we're delivering the best product for the people inside the gym and then for our members online and then I want as many people to come in and experience the gym itself, but also the online stuff as well. Because I just think there's no one that, that can't benefit. Mm. Yeah. And it goes it goes as far as like without a purpose, you tend to attach yourself to, to anything that feels right at the time. Yep. You know, this is why we work with you guys. It just seems to be aligned. You know, we work with two companies, and that's yourself, Body Science, and Concept2. That's all we've ever let in um, because... You know, there's no one else that really shares exactly the, the same vision that we share. You know, we can we trust your products, 
Pico's got a nice beard. Um, <laughs> he can grow a beard, can't he? Can, yeah. The man can grow a beard. But, you know, again, like it, it's it, everything just works and that, that purpose is the same. So, uh, you know, we, we found, found it really important to keep coming back. And, and I think it allows you when you've got that purpose and you can share it with other people, it allows you to keep coming back to the same question whenever we, we hit a roadblock as to what we should be doing here, where do we go from here? We keep coming back to what's our purpose? Like what, where do we need to go? Well, this is our purpose. Does this deal, does, does this, what we're going to do, focus only on this purpose or are we sort of straying from our path? And that keeps us bringing back to where we need to be. That's why we don't branch out and pretend we're something we're not. Yeah, you know, we're a gym, we're coaches, and like my job is to be a better coach and to make sure I deliver a really good program. It's not to be anything else. Yeah, nice. You know? I like that. So, mate, from a, a purpose perspective, a lot of what you do is a lot of high end athletes come mm. and chat to you in off seasons, and I mean, you, you see the Burgess boys running through the gym all the time. That's probably more about the coffees afterwards, I'd say. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. But um, you've um, you've got like. Owen from the All Blacks comes over and... and yeah, and, yeah. I've been working with Owen for a while now. Again, we I, I met him when we were in Perth, um, just a chance meeting. Um, okay. And his brother as well. But Owen and I have been working together now for for a while. And uh, yeah, it's he's, you know, he's better than ever he's a weapon isn't he? yeah yeah i mean again like i could i could tell you that it was all my programming and everything was me but the truth is that like meat heals mate he's a yeah <laughs> he, he's a he's just a freak of a human yeah like, he is, he's easier he? to coach because he, he applies himself he's very very focused on what he needs to do he, to me he's the consummate professional like he eats well he sleeps well he trains hard and he's got a, a, a an aggressive mindset towards all that sort of stuff so to me he's e- easy to coach i mean we're on the phone every day come he's coming back from injury at the moment and where he was sort of uh, told that he wasn't going to play international rugby again, and that just pissed him off, mm. you know, and as it did me as well. And and so he'll be back soon. Like, got a purpose. Yeah, yeah, that's it. That's all it is. He just told me this morning that he just uh, he PB'd on his fitness test again. You know, he's only getting fitter and faster and stronger, and he said he still wants to play till he's 40. So we've got a few more years left. Wow. Through him, um, I was lucky enough to meet uh, Sakepu Kopu. Mm-hmm. Um, who's uh, just just finished his last games with the Waratahs. Um, he's a Wallaby as well, and uh, he's heading over to London Irish next year to, to finish off uh, his career. But these two guys, uh, they actually like they oppose each other on the field, mm. yet they've got a big respect for each other as well. Owen was telling me like he's one of the only guys he, he really enjoys because Keps has got the same sort of mindset. You know, just you know, unfortunately, if Owen listens to this, Keps is probably more athletic as well. <laughs> um, <laughs> he's, he's, a, he's, a, he's a beast. But they, you know, we all went out to dinner not too long ago, and we were all sort of asking each other, like, you know, I'm uh, I'm 40 years old, and I'm I don't want to slow down. I just want to get stronger and fitter and faster. And I don't. I was always interested as how these guys, 10 years in international rugby, and then you know three or four years plus that behind them in terms of like super rugby how do they maintain that passion and how do they maintain that type of physicality and mentality the whole way through and when you see these other guys that clearly have more physical ability but don't last as long and then they they just keeps coming back to professionalism so their their whole purpose and their reason was just to play rugby because they they knew it was a gift yeah you know they sleep well they eat well they train hard and they're there's a big trait there, and actually, you know, the more and more you meet some of these guys, they like who have an extended career, they're, they're humble. 
Mm. You know, it was sitting in the box when um, Owen, uh, the Crusaders were playing the Waratahs a few months back and um, like Crocker and Dell was in there as well. Yep. Uh, and even they were saying, they're like, hey, like you just know with the Franks brothers, they're just these really humble guys. I actually thought like Crocker the same, like he's a, he's just a decent guy. He's a good man, Croc. Yeah, yeah. So and, Del. and so is Dell. Like, you know, he was just saying the same thing about, you know, he's just... Like the humility they have, even though sometimes these guys come across, you know, a little bit show pony, you know, but it's, it's, they're just, they're real professionals mm. and you, and they're like, yeah, to go cross code like Dell did as well. That's impressive. Oh, incredible um, athlete. Yeah. But, you know, with, with Owen and with Keps, they're just, um, they just train hard and they're always interested into trying to figure out how they can squeeze another 1% out as opposed to feeling happy about that. We, like, we got Craig Wing in the gym at the moment as well. And Wing is the same, like NRL. Does he still um, look like he... He looks fantastic. Yeah. He's bullshit. I haven't seen him um, for ages. Yeah, I know. He still looks like his, his hair's immaculate. <laughs> yeah. And Biffa comes and trains every now and again as well. <laughs> I'll emphasize every now and again. Um, <laughs> but um, yeah, Craig's the same. He had like a, he's had an epic career. He's, he played in the World Cup with Japan, you know, under Eddie Jones. And and like he's he's come back. Remember he had like NRL, ARU, who, um, you know, he's just one of these guys too that like really elongated career and when you talk to him he's the same he's just like well i spent a lot of time on my conditioning i spent a lot of time eating well i, I slept well i did everything i should do plus more and i went out and found more information these guys just they, they really care about you know the way they they train like you mentioned one percenters in there and, and that massive difference that makes with your programming at 98 gym are you running different programming for athletes than you are for the yeah so the, they like owen needs something different because yep. he's he's a he's, he uh has a specialist type of role so we know exactly what he needs to do every game we know through gps data i know how much he runs throughout the week um i need to know like the position he plays is going to be different like he needs more strength more power and we also have to look at like how long he's been playing for as well physically the impact of that sort of stuff and with older players not that he's old i think he's only got 31 or something but being that long he's uh like he needs to move every day as well his body's just used to a high amount of volume and with you know i think i think lots of people can miss this but you, you can overtrain someone but you can also under train someone as well yep so if you like don't put enough volume and intensity into their week or into their their block of training they can get injured just as easy by under training so we got to make sure we balance that out for him as well with him i've always got to balance out his eagerness to want to train always forever um so our conversations usually rely on like hey have you had a rest day lately no not really okay well today's a rest day <laughs> he's like all right i'll have a sauna i'll do a normal tech and like you know he's and it's always an active rest day yep yeah always good listener yeah 100 percent. yeah yeah he is and then it comes down to trust as well yeah, exactly like, i think another thing that maybe some strength coaches miss is that like you've you've got to have a bond with your athlete because you're asking them to do stuff every single day that's that physically hurts and mentally hurts and then you're asking them on a weekend to go get their body and smash it up against someone else's mm. as hard as they can so if you don't if they don't think you care and if they don't think that you're your best interest in mind then they're not going to go as hard so I, like he's also got to see too that i practice what i preach yeah, like, exactly. there's nothing worse than that you know yeah even though i'm never going to catch up to him but um, I'm trying. <laughs> so if you want to see how Owen trains on Insta, it's owen.franks. He does some special stuff on there. He's, yeah, a, he's a machine. He's a weapon, yeah. Mate, how, does, um, how do the S&C coaches for these franchises deal with Owen talking to external people? 
They're really good. I mean, he, he's done this for for a while now. Yeah, like there's no there's no conflict of interest or anything like that. I'll I'll get messages through saying or even from Owen himself saying, hey, uh, like the coach here wants me to do a little bit more this this week. Can we add some sledding or can we do this please or we'll do whatever? And you know, I, I don't mess around with things like I can't see. So I'm I err on the side of if the coach that sees him every day face to face says, oh, can we do a bit more of this? So I'm, I'm always going to say yes. Yeah. And Owen's very very aware of what makes him feel good and what doesn't he's also got you know like a decade plus of uh of understanding why he's doing something every day um so we'll chat every single day but we the trend is always he needs to get better that's the trend you know so if he's not getting better then there's something i'm doing wrong and thus far we we, we just seem to be getting better his brother as well his brother's ben who played you know super rugby two world cups uh owen's on his way to his third this year but you know, they're just consummate professionals. Yeah. And all they want is to get fitter and faster and stronger. That's it. They just want to be the best they can be every single day. You know, so it's very hard to go wrong with someone like that. You know, you just you, you obey the laws of the training principles and biological laws of training and you listen to what they say and, you know, you, you have like a decade or so, some experience of messing stuff up. And hopefully now I don't mess too much stuff up. So, mate, um, with, with Owen and yourself, you're both renowned carnivore. <laughs> we are. Yeah, yep. we love meat, and um, and mate, I understand why the man can uh, live the carnivore. His Amazon Eater restaurant in Christchurch is next level. Yeah, yeah, they like they've done really well there. But you, I don't know, what'd you have when you went there? Did you have the one of those Tom, Tom Hawks? Hawks? Yeah, 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 yeah. It's good. It's a good, it's a good place to eat. Yeah. So if yeah. you're ever in uh, Christchurch in Oxford Terrace, get in there, mate. That's uh, ooh, that's yeah. one of the best pieces of meat you'll ever eat. It is brilliant. You know the um, I don't know if you saw when they were uh, they went to South Africa not long ago. It's just that the, it's. They look like they're eating brontosaurus burgers or something over there. The, the steaks they had were amazing. Yeah. Yeah. And Caps were sending me stuff as well. Big, big, big steaks, yeah. And do you do you find you cross over with the dietitians and the S&C guys and talk about? Yeah. Well, see, like... Because like, it's a big, big call for an elite athlete to go, I'm going to live a carnivore lifestyle. Yeah. He's also very, very aware of, like, how his body feels. So he'll do something for a while and then, like, he'll self-assess. Like, he'll say, well, like, maybe I didn't have enough. Or he listens to everything Harry has to say as well. Yeah, someone's got it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> we love you, Harriet. Sorry, Harriet. Like those colourful plates. Yeah, yeah. She, um, yeah, uh, you know, like she mm. was saying something once that that really resonated with him, and he was like, "Actually, that makes sense. Why yep. I've been feeling like this." He'll try everything, uh, and if he feels good, and, th- and the numbers are going up, and he's you know, like everything else is trending towards something better, then we'll stick with it. As well as like he, he'll send me stuff all the time. What, about, what do you think about this? What do you think about this? What can we do? This can we do? This can we do? This? So I've got to be on the ball all the time. I've got to know why I'm setting out what he does. Yep. I've got to have answers for him straight away if there's uh if he's asked something and also if i don't know i've got to be you know i've got to have enough humility to say mate i'll find out and i'll yeah. go and I'll look look where i can yeah but i mean they're like ben and owen's dad are probably is has got a lot to do with as well like you don't raise two boys that are just complete animals and such good work ethics and such nice guys without like that coming from you know your family members yeah they're just uh, they're very very good like all they want to do is just 
played rugby and they have the entire time. So I had Ken stay with me in Perth for a week. Uh, he's an awesome guy. Yeah. Yeah, very, very good. You're pre- pretty proud, Dad, with your uh, your boys hitting that level of uh, elite sport, especially in that little country that just absolutely lives and breathes rugby. Yeah, yeah. They they, they do. They're, they're, it's an excellent – the culture there is quite good. And I, I think it's like it's it's why, um, you know, you, you can't argue with like a, a culture sets that, that sort of standard for everything you do. It's the same within the gym at 98. It's the same with like you know, every, any other successful business. The, the culture is what sets the standard. And then, you know, people are attracted to that culture and that they'll they'll fit in or they won't you yeah. know when you look at all the successful teams that are around like Burge was talking about uh the culture that's sitting around the rabbitos at the moment you know it's brilliant you know what wayne's done and, and what uh what the boys are doing at the moment in terms of you know they're just they their whole purpose is to make sure that they're taking care of their mates and by taking care of their mates they're getting stronger they're getting fitter they're working harder it's you know it's it's good to see yeah, it is. Mate, it's good to see them winning too because my business partner is a mad South man. And <laughs> I didn't know. When South are winning, it's a happy place to work. When yeah. South aren't winning, it's not a happy place to work. <laughs> yeah, the man loves his rugby league. Yeah, they're a bit emotional, the uh, South fans. Yeah, well, apparently it's about the journey they've been through. I don't know. <laughs> I'm a Titan supporter, mate. I know what it feels like. Yeah, I was going to say. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure there's a winning, I don't know, do you, have a, do you have a winning day or is it just? We've had a couple. Have you? Okay, good. <laughs> <laughs> Looking for the winning culture. Nice, yeah. Yeah, yeah. they got a pretty good day. Uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, you look at sport in, in like rugby league in itself, like where it is now compared to 10 years ago as far as, you know, yeah. athleticism is. It's that and it's also like you don't have to have – you could have your best day and another club can have its best day. And if, if you've got someone a little bit faster, a little bit stronger, or someone's a little bit more freakish in the field, that's, yeah. that's it. That's all it is. Yeah, exactly. It's, it's tiny percentages that, that like again week after week. And then you speak to the, the players and it's like there's this feeling behind winning and it's just like shift, this minor shift left or right when you're on a winning streak and everything's going really well like it's it's so much more mental than it is anything else yeah exactly it's also that like you where you are like on the table like where you play what days you play you know who's attracted to come to a club how do you recruit though all those things matter mm. you know all those things matter it's why like the western force was always going to be like doomed in sense of like they weren't ever going to win something like a super rugby final because they were the most traveled team in the world you you cannot perform again and again and again and again and therefore the TV rights weren't there, therefore the popularity wasn't there, therefore the money wasn't there, and therefore you, you're recruiting with what you have. I was a many-year sponsor of that club. Mm. I was a huge fan of their coach, uh, Foley, Michael Foley. I thought one of the best coaches getting around. Yeah. Yeah. And, and you know, he was part of, uh, you know, like a – a World Cup side, a winning Wallaby side that, you know, he used to say they used to have perfect practices, that if someone dropped a ball in during training, something went wrong, they were all pissed off. You know, he said that's just that perfection we used to run through again and again and again. And he was he was a perfectionist and he like he is a great coach. He's brilliant. So mate, thanks for dropping in. It's always good to talk about your skills, your experience, you know, where training is, what the purpose is and, and I love the way you talk a lot about mental toughness when it comes to fitness because that's something that real I think the two go well together. Yeah, they are. You can't have one without the other. And I mean I don't think it's just mental toughness. I think it's just like it's a daily repeatable habit, you know, just simple small things that push you past your comfort zone because we get too comfortable these days. Everything's, yeah. everything's made too easy. So I think if you can push yourself into training, push yourself into like a, a, out of your comfort zone uh, and just make things a little bit harder, you, your body will adapt, your mind will adapt and everything will flow from there. Yeah, nice. You know? Yeah, You know, at 50, it hurts way more. Mate, it hurts yeah. at 40. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so if you want to catch Kev at Strength Elite on Insty and the guys can always be found at 98gym.com, it is definitely worth having a look at that website.
Awesome. Game over. Today's podcast was brought to you by our partners in Fit, Happy and Healthy, ASN, Nutrition Warehouse, DY Discount Vitamins, Fat Burners Only, Evelyn Fay, Mr. Supplement, or find a retailer online at bodyscience.com.au forward slash retailers.